I'm Simon Austin from Training Ground Guru and this is the first instalment of a new feature. It's called TGG Extra and every month we're going to ask our podcast guests for their top coaching tips. Hopefully these will be of interest whether you're coaching professionally or aspiring to be or are in grassroots. So first up on TGG Extra is Justin Cochran, who was our guest on episode 45 of the pod. I started off by asking him for the three people who had had the greatest influence on his career. Yeah, so there's been lots and lots of people that, because like I said, I've learned from so many different, but the three people are, are John McDermott from a leadership perspective seeing him lead at Tottenham and create a new a new development programme and saw how what he was like with staff, with players. He was very hard on the players at times, very strict, but it was about helping them develop skills that were going to keep them, that were going to help make them be successful for the rest of their life. It wasn't always um, easy and nice, but it was very strong and he was a good leader and the players were thanking him for that later on. Uh, Chris Ramsey, for sure, he's a, he took me under his wing and helped develop me as a, as a, as a person. He showed me what real coaching's like and how to really coach people to help people improve. And yeah, he was just brilliant for me and he, he still helps me to this day, as does John. And then the, the third person was very close, but he was really, he was the first coach who really cared about me. His name's Gary Waddock. So Gary Waddock was my youth team coach at QPR. And I, when I think back to me being a young player at QPR, he really took time to work with me, work on my um, strengths, work on my weaknesses. He was a midfield player, I was a midfield player. He understood me as a person. He really, he really took time and he cared about all his players. And I think he was really influential in in my time as a as a, as an apprentice. So Gary Wadder, he's a fantastic coach as well. He had time as a manager. I think he's assistant at Cambridge at the moment. I think, yeah. So he's um, yeah. They're the three people that influenced me the most. Three tips for aspiring coaches. Yeah, I think you can't. There's no. I don't think there's many shortcuts for coaching to be a real. Some people say, oh, yeah, well, he just got a job out of nowhere. I get that. But I do think doing the hours is really key, like coaching whoever you can, enjoying it for what it is, and like just coaching whoever you can, when you can, and giving people opportunities to have fun, enjoy football, exercise, create memories and make friends. I think that's one of the main tips. And through that, you may progress or you may just enjoy doing that. You might want to do that for a long period of time. I knew someone called Clasford Sterling who worked over Broadwater Farm in Tottenham near where I am. He's got a history of developing young players and doing people. And he stayed on, on, on Broadwater Farm, which was a, a part of Tottenham that, that was rough and had been through some challenging periods. Um, but he developed a lot of young players uh, through just coaching them on Broadwater Farm, him and his son, Jude Sterling. So there's there's benefits in doing the hours and, 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 and enjoying it for what it is. And the second point is, is linked to what... Um, well, the, the connect the content part, which is learn as much as you can about coaching, like look to absorb, learn from people, uh, understand football more, study the game. If, if it's something you really love, listen to people speak about football. And then, yeah, so that, that will build up the, the content side. And then the, the third and final tip would be the, the, the learn how to connect and adapt it to your circum, your, your context. So we don't need mini Pep Guardiola's that, or mini Antonio Conte's under nines. Do the under nines really need to be doing the pressing strategy? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, how do you adapt what you've learned in terms of your content to the context that you're working in? And some people say, yeah, they do. But I tend to think that when they're very young, it should just be 
some simple, simple coaching points, some simple objectives, and then just opportunities for them to practice and opportunities for them to play. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so the three years, do the hours, learn as much content as you can from wherever you can, and then find a way to connect it to your your context, find a way to communicate well, to build rapport, to build trust. I think something that's come across to me from people I've spoken to as well is um, be original and make it bespoke to yourself and to your club or your age group. As you say, don't just copy what someone else is doing for the sake of it. No, but there is there is an art to understand, seeing what other people do and, and adapting it. And there are some things that you, you don't need to always be innovative with. You know, there's only, I think everyone's craving innovation, but sometimes the, the basics don't change. You know, the, some of the games that I played with in my youth team, I still do now. I didn't need to change them. So it, it's always about uh, how can this session help the majority of the players in it? And can they each get something out of it that really helps their game? And that's how I always look at it. But yeah, of course, you'd be original, but don't be afraid to look at what other people are doing and and, and put into your scenario if it's age appropriate and, and ability appropriate. True. And that's what, I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I suppose there's very little that is 100% original. You know, most yeah. things have been adapted, haven't they? Yeah, I, I'm a sum of, I'm 100% a result of the past. So all I'm, I've, I've absorbed everything I've learned. I'm a sum of all the people that I've met. And I just... I've just regurgitated it in my own way. And, and sometimes I've just copied what they've done and just just, just uh, adapted it to my context. And that's that's what I think good, good coaching is or, or good session design, maybe good session design. What you've got to be careful of is the difference between coaching and, and session design. Mm -hmm. So I meet so many people or they email me or they'll, can I come and watch you? Or have you got a bank of sessions? But my sessions are very simple. They're very straightforward. But the detail of the coaching within the session is what helps the players improve, not just the session design. Uh, you can go on YouTube and find loads of sessions. You can buy books with all the sessions. It doesn't mean you can coach it. That's just session design coaching is what happens within the session, the interactions you have with the, with the person to help the person improve. So, yes, session collectors or people that want loads and loads of sessions but you might be better off only having less sessions, but real good detail within those sessions to help the players improve. Very, I hadn't really thought about that before. So your session design is your framework and then you're adapting within that framework, depending on what happens and who the players yeah. are, and what yeah, you're trying to get out of it. Yeah, so the session is just a framework to allow coaching to take place. You can put a session on and not coach. It's just, it's just a session. So it's just differentiating, is it just a session? So you just put this session on and they're just playing or you put a session on and then you're coaching within that session. You're coaching. If Simon's an attacking midfield player, how many times can he receive it on a half turn and play forward? If there's a defender there, how many times when Simon turns, can he get tight and not get beat one versus one? So you're within that session, you're trying to highlight areas for the players to get better at. Of course, there'd be sessions where it's a generic generic objectives where it might be like receiving receiving on the back foot and playing forward or uh, recognizing when to pl play first time you, know, you can have that but I do think it's it's the detail that goes into into the session is, is what makes a difference in yeah that is getting better because there definitely is a trend of that isn't there collecting the sessions and then delivering them as they are you know yeah yeah I know it's just yeah I don't actually have a lot of sessions I, I always uh, I just Sometimes you make them up on the day. Sometimes you just think of stuff you've done before and then tweak it. Um, but it's more about the detail 
that you're going to deliver. So does this session allow you to coach the detail that's required? So if you if you need a session for for a player, let's just say for for Nonny, by the way, he was at PSV when he was at, when he was at Tottenham. It was about him um, when he goes one versus one, unsettling the defender, moving the defender's feet. So I'd make sure if I was doing the I don't know, some 2v2s, I'll make the pitch very long. So there's opportunities for him to to, to move one way and then shift it, I'll say two o'clock, 10 o'clock. So if he's left footed, take the ball towards two o'clock, then push it to 10 o'clock and go past the player. So then you make sure the session allows for that. The session design allows for the objectives for the individuals. If there's a defender working in there who was going against Nonny, was there enough space for him to, to, to recover maybe? So it, it, I'm just thinking off the top of my head now about yeah. ways you can create the session to help the individual develop within it. Yeah. So at the moment, would the manager say, sort of talk to you at the start of the day or the week about what he's looking for from your session? At, at Brentford? At uh, Brentford, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll plan the sessions uh, early part of the week, what's likely to happen. And we've got like a quite a process that we follow in terms of days that we're in and the, the work, if it's a Saturday to Saturday week. And there'll be elements of the, the, the training sessions that I'll, I will take. Um, a lot of time in the offensive side of the game and then we'll work on specifics linked to our game principles and yeah then we'll, we'll discuss it in detail as a coaching staff in the mornings the morning of the session and then we'll, we'll go and deliver it and then we'll, we'll, we'll review it with video so I'll meet with the players some of the four players afterwards and go through the clips and we just help the players learn and the players will take part of it they're very in, they, they want to get better they're they're very inquisitive they're curious they come to me and say look did you see this and how do I do that how can I do that better so it's a great opportunity for me to use what I've learned in my development 14 years in development and then now at first team level these players still need to improve they still want to get better they still need a coach to highlight some things they still uh, at times maybe they 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 want they want you to help them. They want the more knowledge. They want they want to develop. They want to get better, and that's that's brilliant for a coach. Something I didn't ask earlier on, actually, what was it like where you grew up? Um, Whereabout was it in North London? Yeah, was I was it? born in Hackney, East London. Yeah, I know. Hackney. I grew up in Edmonton, North London. So, <laughs> yeah, it was challenging. It was enjoyable. Um, it wasn't always. There's lots of things that people got up to they shouldn't be doing. Um, but football gave me that opportunity to 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 not get caught up in anything I shouldn't and just focus on what I'm doing. But I had a great childhood. I'm not going to complain. I had a good childhood. Um, and fo everyone played football where I grew up. We all played football every day in the streets. We played with our friends. But it wasn't organised, Simon. We didn't play organised football. It was just we self-organised. We, 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 we played... We made up our own games. We played headers and volleys. We played across the street. It was we, we were able to coach ourselves. And I actually think that players are able to coach themselves more. I, I do think that when they're very young, we think, oh, they need to be coached by an adult or they need to be go to this session or they need to be doing one-to-ones. When if you can get a group of kids together and play a game or let them find their own games and they make up themselves, you'd be surprised. Or play, might, just developing that, that love of a football, just kicking it against the wall, spinning it backspin, topspin, bending it, you know, against the wall and controlling it. I think they're the elements that young players, grassroots players, especially even young players, even players in academies can just coach themselves and find their own find their own fun, make their own games up. That's what I did growing up. Oh, that's brilliant, Justin. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for listening to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. 
We'll be back next month with another episode. In the meantime, you can follow our latest updates on the website and on Twitter at ground underscore guru.